0: What is up everyone, it's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through some of the top waiver wire targets after week one of the NFL season. I think this was a super exciting week for waivers. We've got some strong running backs some wide receivers. I think the tight end position is super interesting. So I'm gonna be going through every single position. Normally I talk about around five guys per position at the running back wide receiver and tight end positions. I went way over that. So very excited to jump into it. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. Make sure you check out the other videos I'm posting today, have some buy low trade targets, also some sell high trade targets. And then I also talked about some underperforming players and just kind of broke down how concerned we should be about those guys moving forward. So those videos should all be up at some point today, but let's jump right into the running back position. Like I said, I think there are a lot of very interesting waiver options at this position. And and we got to start it off here with Kenneth Gainwell. Also, I don't think I mentioned at the top, these are going to be players who are available in 50% or more leagues using the uh, ESPN Waiver Wire. So starting off with Kenneth Gainwell, he's currently rostered in only 21.7% of leagues. And hopefully all you guys were able to watch my Waiver Wire video before week one i kind of laid out this entire situation with kenneth gainwell where he had a legit shot to be the eagles running back one and all of a sudden he goes from someone who's sitting on waivers to being the number one target after week one to being someone who's super valuable leading one of the best rushing attacks in the nfl and what do you know kenneth gainwell went out there had a 62 percent snap share took 14 of the 16 running back carries unfortunately if you did pick him up he wasn't really able to stamp, you know, that solid workload with a big fantasy performance, but if he can retain this role moving forward, he will be incredibly valuable for fantasy football. It is possible that a guy like DeAndre Swift starts to eat into his workload. But in week one he was the clear-cut running back one we know this Eagles offense should bounce back after kind of a you know rough overall day against the patriots i think kenneth gainwell is someone that you need to be targeting on waivers if he is available now the next running back is going to be kyron williams he's only uh rostered in 10.3 percent of leagues and kyron williams is the rams running back one this is his backfield this is not cam Akers backfield it is the kyron williams show at this point after week one. He had a 65% snap share, 74% route participation, which is amazing at the running back position. Him and Akers each took two goal line snaps, so it's not even like he's being phased out of the goal line. You wouldn't think he would have those opportunities because he's 5'9", sub 200 but he's even mixing in there. He had a goal line touchdown, so you love to see that. Williams outsnapped snapped Akers on early downs. He took all the two minute drill snaps, and then he took 12 of the 14 third down snaps. So another player who should definitely be targeted on waivers this week, his um, ownership percentage should skyrocket over 50%. He's someone who could be startable moving forward. You'd like to see it for one more week, but if he can you know, replicate this workload, he is in great shape moving forward. Now, the next running back is going to be Roshan Johnson, currently rostered in 21.7% of leagues. And he actually went out in his first NFL game and led the Bears in snaps, routes, run, and targets, obviously at the running back position. I do think the Bears trailing against the Packers kind of favored Roshan Johnson. He had been that third down back. He's their go-to passing down option. But even if this game script did favor him, this is a great starting point for a rookie running back. I think he can continue to earn more opportunities throughout the season. You know, you have Khalil Herbert there, you have Deonta Foreman, but Roshan Johnson already has that role as the third down back he's a huge you know big bodied running back we saw him score their touchdown so i think he's definitely someone who could turn into their clear-cut rb1 later on in the season now the next running back is going to be tyler algier he barely makes the cut Rostered in 44% of leagues and heading into this game worst case scenario. Tyler Algier was a fantastic handcuff He goes out has a pretty strong workload here in week one playing alongside Bijan Robinson He played on 55% of the snaps, which was only uh, four less snaps than Bijan Robinson He took the majority of the carries 15 of the 25 running back carries And then he was in on all three goal line snaps So he may have some weekly value early on in the season I do expect Bijan Robinson's role to kind of continue to grow. Like, I would be pretty surprised if Tyler Algier is out carrying Bijan Robinson like two, three, four weeks into the season. So like I said, he could be someone you throw into your lineup early on in the season, but is also just going to be one of the best handcuff options in the NFL now moving over to joshua kelly and he kind of came out of nowhere here rostered in 11.4 percent of leagues i think a lot of people thought best case scenario he would be there running back to the clear kind of handcuffed back to austin eckler i was not expecting joshua kelly to come out and play on 48 percent of the snaps and this also wasn't a game where the chargers were just you know in a blowout and they took eckler out and were just kind of grinding it out with joshua kelly this was a back and forth game And he played nearly 50% of the snaps. And I think even more shocking was a 40% route participation. You think Eckler would kind of just be dominant in that role. And obviously, Eckler was very involved as a pass catcher. But that is great usage out of Joshua Kelly. He matched Eckler's 16 carries, rushed for 91 yards and a touchdown. It looks like Joshua Kelly has legit weekly flex upside. And then is just another guy who's going to be a top-tier handcuff. If Austin Eckler were to ever go down, especially considering they're giving him, you know, a decent amount of receiving work, a great option to stash on your bench here. The next guy is gonna be Tajay Spears, rostered in 12.1% of leagues. Another guy whose workload kind of came out of nowhere. Not necessarily his workload, but I guess his uh snap participation. He led this Titans backfield in snaps. He outsnapped Derrick Henry 34 to 30. He had a 50% route participation. It was pretty shocking how involved he was from day one i think a lot of people including myself expected derrick henry to dominate the snaps and then you'd have tajay spears as like a you know solid handcuff option but not someone who would have weekly value now his solid number of snaps didn't necessarily lead to a huge workload he did run a ton of routes it didn't necessarily translate to receiving production but the fact that this was week one he could continue to expand this role throughout the season and then obviously if derrick henry were to go down Tajay Spears becomes super, super valuable. Now, the next entry here is going to be more of a running back duo. It is Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Gus Edwards rostered in around 22% of leagues. Justice Hill rostered in under 1% of leagues. Just a super, super tough break here for J.K. Dobbins. It just seems like we're never actually going to get to see, you know, how good J.K. Dobbins truly could have been just due to those injuries. But after J.K. Dobbins went down, we pretty much saw Gus Edwards and Justice Hill split the snaps pretty evenly. We saw Justice Hill play 19 snaps. Uh, Gus Edwards was in on 15. Both carried the ball eight times. We saw Edwards run seven routes, two Hills 15. I would imagine most people are kind of locked in on picking up Justice Hill because he was the guy who scored those two touchdowns. I'm more inclined to believe this is gonna be a pretty even gross split. So I think if people are gonna go out, you know, spend their waiver priority on Justice Hill, I'd be cool scooping up Gus Edwards. I think there are some better options that I kind of already talked about in this video, but I do think these guys are definitely worth picking up. Maybe one of them kind of breaks out To be the uh, clear cut running back one now that J.K. Dobbins is gone. Now we're going to be moving into some of the more handcuff options or pure handcuff options. Starting off with Tank Bigsby, rostered in 27.6% of leagues, and he had a brutal start to this game. He was getting involved, you know, he was getting on the field, which was positive, but he ends up tipping a ball up in the air when he was targeted, gets intercepted. Then he like picked up a fumble on like a Trevor Lawrence strip sack where he kind of like threw it forward, but he didn't have possession. He didn't recognize that it was a fumble, so he just kind of let the defender take it out of his hands, and they ended up returning it for a touchdown. So, a pretty terrible start. Um, He did end up seeing some goal line carries later on in the game, which led to him getting into the end zone. This was definitely Travis Etienne's backfield in week one, but Bigsby is the clear running back, too, and he could end up expanding his role throughout the season. If you remember last year, uh, Travis Etienne kind of had a lackluster first game and then still ended up working his way to be the running back one ended up beating out James Robinson. So I don't think Tank Bigsby is buried here, but he definitely had some kind of clear positives and clear negatives after his first game. Then we've got Jalen Warren rostered in nearly 50% of leagues. Overall, just a terrible performance from the Steelers offensively. But we did see Najee play 52% of the snaps. Warren was in on 40% of the snaps. They split the early down work pretty uh, evenly. Warren took the third downs and then Najee Harris was in on the two minute drill work. I think what we know from this game is that warren is a legit piece of this offense i don't know if he's ever going to take over the rb1 spot from Najee harris but he's also just a very very valuable handcuff tough to take too much away from this game just because they were getting blown out so early like i think Najee probably will separate himself a little bit more you know in more uh manageable game scripts where they're kind of hanging tight but jalen warren's still someone who should be on a lot of fantasy rosters And then the final running back here is going to be Damian Harris, uh, rostered in 26.5% of leagues. We'll just have to wait and see what his usage looks like tonight. Seems like at worst, he's going to be like the red zone back, the goal line guy for the Bills. So we'll see what it looks like here on Monday Night Football. Now moving over to the wide receiver position, I think there are some really interesting wide receiver pickups, and I think there's kind of three clear top options if you were going to go after the wide receiver position. The first of the three is going to be Zay Jones. He's rostered in 30.1% of leagues. He's pretty clearly now the wide receiver two for the Jaguars. He had a 91% route participation compared to Christian Kirk's 69%. He's the guy in there with Calvin Ridley in two wide receiver sets, and he had a solid day. Targeted seven times, caught five of them for 55 yards and a touchdown. Being the wide receiver two on a Trevor Lawrence-led offense, the Jaguars should be a pretty strong offense this season. It's a very, very valuable role to have, and his roster percentage needs to shoot up here heading into week two. The next wide receiver kind of came out of nowhere. Kendrick Bourne only rostered in 1.5% of leagues. And he separated himself as the Patriots' clear wide receiver one. He had a 93% route participation. He ran 11 more routes than the next closest wide receiver. We saw Juju not even on the field late in the game. Um, I believe Kayshawn Boutte was their wide receiver two in routes run. So Kendrick Bourne, the clear wide receiver one at this point, he was targeted 11 times caught six of those for 64 yards and two touchdowns. So someone who definitely needs to be rostered in over 50% of leagues. And then the final player who I think is in contention to be like the top wide receiver pickup, it's gonna be Puka Nakua, only rostered in 2.3% of leagues. He had an insane NFL debut, fifth round rookie out of BYU, targeted 15 times, caught 10 of them for 119 yards, had a 90% route participation with cup on IR, and then the Rams offense actually looking pretty strong, putting up 30 points against the Seahawks. Matthew Stafford looks like he's back and healthy. I think Puka will be very, very interesting moving forward, and we'll see if he'll be able to build on this impressive uh, debut performance. The next wide receiver is going to be Rashid Shaheed, rostered in 2% of leagues. And he's a guy who kind of showed flashes as a rookie, weren't sure if he was going to be able to put it together here in year two. He was targeted six times caught five of them for 89 yards and a touchdown. As of right now, he is their clear wide receiver three, just in terms of usage, only had a 66% raw participation, but that could end up growing throughout the season. We also know MT's injury history. It's possible he goes down, obviously you don't want to see it, but it is in the cards, and then Rashid Shahid could step in to be the clear-cut wide receiver two. The next wide receiver is going to be Rasheed Rice, uh, rostered in under 10% of leagues, And he really didn't have a huge role in week one. He ran the fifth most wide receiver routes for the Chiefs, but it was just his first NFL game. He was targeted five times on just 12 routes, so his target rate was very impressive. He caught three of those five targets for 29 yards and a touchdown. We know the rest of that wide receiver room was pretty rough. Kadarius Tony was horrible. Sky Moore did pretty much nothing. So I think Rasheed Rice has a legit opportunity to carve out a solid weekly role in this offense. And this is coming from someone who hasn't been high on him. Like I didn't love him as a prospect, didn't really love the pick from the Chiefs, but just looking at how much these other guys have underperformed, he looked solid in week one, definitely someone worth monitoring moving forward. The next player is going to be another rookie wide receiver. Got Jonathan Mingo rostered in 21% of leagues. Targeted five times in his NFL debut, only caught two of those for 17 yards, pretty poor overall performance, but he had a 93% route participation, which is great usage, especially in his first NFL game. Hopefully he's able to just kind of build throughout the season, but it's nice that he's established that kind of baseline of being one of their clear starting wide receivers. If he can maintain that role, uh, Bryce Young potentially improves throughout the season, could definitely become interesting later on. Then we have Romeo Dobbs, rostered in 19% of leagues. And to be honest, the Packers wide receiver usage was a little bit strange. With Christian Watson out, you would assume that Dobbs would operate as one of their clear top two wide receivers. The Packers didn't have one wide receiver with over a 67% raw participation, so they kept a pretty decent rotation going. Uh, Dobbs was tied for the team lead with five targets, caught four of them for 26 yards, the most notable part of his game was just the two touchdowns he brought in. So it's possible he kind of fades away to a wide receiver committee once Christian Watson returns. But if he can kind of separate himself as the clear cut wide receiver two behind Christian Watson, then he does become interesting moving forward. The next wide receiver is going to be Robert Woods, rostered in 2.7% of leagues. And full transparency, I was not high on Robert Woods heading into the season. I thought he was done, thought he was cooked. He's targeted 10 times in this game, caught six of them for 57 yards. I do think this game was a little bit of an outlier just because the Texans threw the ball 44 times. That's definitely not what they're going to want to be doing moving forward with a rookie quarterback. We also saw Dalton Schultz was only targeted four times despite running the most routes. So I don't know if Robert Woods is going to be that consistently targeted, but who knows? He may actually have some uh, juice left in him there. And then the final wide receiver, Jamison Williams, rostered in 18.5% of leagues, probably just going to always have him in these videos. The Lions need a true wide receiver too. Once he comes back from suspension, becomes very interesting in that Lions wide receiver room. Now, looking at the quarterback position, I just have two guys listed here. It's Brock Purdy and it's Jared Goff. Pretty rostered in under a quarter of leagues. He is definitely a viable weekly fantasy starter. Threw for 220 yards, two touchdowns. Could definitely see some more passing volume in more competitive games. But he has the weapons. He's their locked-in QB1. Definitely should be rostered in more leagues. And then the second guy is Jared Goff. Rostered in just under 50% of leagues. Had a you know average Week 1 game. But he goes up against the Seahawks in Week 2, who just let the uh, Rams, without Cooper Cup, drop 30 on him. So potentially an interesting streaming option. Honorable mentions to guys like Jordan Love and Mac Jones coming off a solid week one performances. I just think if you're forced to start those guys in like a 10, 12 team league in week two, you're probably not in a great spot. So I'm not going to list them here, but honorable mentions to those guys. Now moving over to the tight end position, a lot of really interesting things at tight end kind of seems weird because there really weren't a ton of great tight end performances, But I think the usage from these guys were pretty interesting. So we're going to start off with Sam Laporta, uh, rostered in 34.6% of leagues. He catches five passes for 39 yards, has a 72% raw participation, 17.2% target share. So a very solid role in week one. We'll see if he can expand on that moving forward, but definitely someone who should be rostered in more leagues. The next tight end here is going to be Hunter Henry, rostered in 4.1% of leagues, had a nice 72% route participation, was targeted six times, caught five of them for 56 yards and a touchdown, and he's currently the highest scoring week one tight end. Obviously, we had some of the elite guys sit out. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, so Hunter Henry currently leading the tight end position in fantasy points. The next tight end is going to be Hayden Hurst, rostered in just under 5% of leagues. He led the Panthers with seven targets, caught five of those for 41 yards and a touchdown. He did have a 64% route participation. You'd like to see that be a little bit higher if he's going to be someone you want to confidently start in your lineup, but definitely someone to keep an eye on and could be worth picking up if you are desperate at the tight end position. Then we have Jawan Johnson, rostered in 42% of leagues, didn't do anything crazy, five targets, three receptions, 36 receiving yards, but he had an 84% raw participation, which is elite for the tight end position. If the Saints offense can kind of get it together, put up some big passing games, that type of raw participation is going to get him some solid fantasy performances. The next tight end is Luke Musgrave, rostered in under 10% of leagues, Another guy with an impressive route participation, 77%. You guys may be wondering why I keep referencing route participation. It's very important, especially for the tight end position, just to know that these guys are out there running routes on a large percentage of plays. Um, Snap share isn't the best for tight ends because they could be out there but blocking. Obviously, for fantasy, you want them running routes. So that's kind of like the go to stat here, just getting their usage. Um, He actually ran the most routes on the team for the Packers, more than any of the wide receivers, targeted four times, caught three of them for 50 yards, very close to a touchdown. Um, He just kind of had to go down um, catching the ball, so he wasn't able to get in, but could have been an even bigger day, like three for 55 and a touchdown. Obviously looks a lot better than his current stat line, but solid uh, debut performance out of Luke Musgrave. Then we have Zach Ertz, who's rostered in just under 40% of leagues, and his Raw participation was fantastic 91%. He led the team with nine targets, caught six of them for only 21 yards. Kind of just what we're going to be dealing with here with this Cardinals team. They're not going to put up a ton of points. The passing volume's probably not going to be great. I think Ertz could be interesting, especially if they look to trade him. Like, I don't think it'd be shocking to see them move on from Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, trade him at the deadline. If he gets moved to a contender also becomes interesting, but just having a ninety-one percent route participation, he should be rostered in more leagues. Then we have Chigo Conquo, who just barely makes the cut for this video and you may be wondering why I have him on here considering he just put up a goose egg in week one, but his usage was very encouraging. In 2022, Okonkwo maxed out at a 50% raw participation. He never got above that 50% number. In week one, he was all the way up at 75%. He was someone who was super efficient last year. He even got open deep this game. Tannehill just missed him. So I definitely think he's someone to look out for. I wouldn't just totally throw him away because he had one tough week one performance. The tight end position, those rough games are going to happen. you know. Unless you're one of the elite, elite options, you're going to have those goose egg performances, the one reception games. So don't completely fade off of Okonkwo just because of his week one. Very interesting option here at the tight end position. Durham Smythe did not think I'd be talking about this dude. Rostered in under 1% of leagues, but he goes out, has an 80% route participation, had seven targets, which was the second most on the team, turns it into three for 44, but someone to keep an eye on for sure in that uh, Dolphins, I guess, weapon room. And then the final tight end is going to be Irv Smith Jr. Rostered in 6.7% of leagues. Obviously, no one was gonna be doing anything when the Bengals threw for only 82 yards. He was targeted five times, caught three of them for 17, but he has 71% route participation, which is solid. Assuming the Bengals start to get going, they're gonna be a high-scoring offense. With that type of route participation, he's the kind of guy where you could throw him into your lineup you know, when your tight end's a bye or injury, whatever it is, because you're kind of just hoping for a touchdown or like a random volume game out of him. So someone to kind of keep an eye on long-term. And then the final position here, looking at some defenses. These are defenses I'd be looking to stream this week. Broncos going up against the Commanders. Commanders really struggled against the Cardinals. Uh, Broncos look decent against the uh, Raiders, only rostered in 7.5% of leagues. We have the Giants, who just got lit up by the Cowboys, but they're going up against the Cardinals. Very weak offense. Giants only rostered in 2.3% of leagues. The Falcons just had a nice performance against the Panthers. They're going up against Green Bay. I know the Packers just lit up the Bears, but as a Bears fan, definitely don't have the strongest defense. Not sure if I'm totally sold on the Packers. I think it could be a decent streaming option. And then we have these two teams playing each other, both with rookie quarterbacks, Texans and the Colts. Both these defenses are barely rostered. I think they're both viable streams this week. So that's gonna wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets. Like I said at the top, I think there are a lot of interesting options this week. Hopefully you guys are active, making moves on the waiver wire. Uh, If you guys have questions, drop them down below. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. But thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.